Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Helping us break down all the market action. Welcome back, Ryan Huang. Hey, Michelle. Happy, Happy Thursday. Day. Yeah, it's a leap day, a special day that comes only once every four years. It's also pretty much when we get the Olympics every four years as well. Ah, it feels so special. This day is only here every four years. I feel like I'm in one of those Korean dramas where you go back in time or something. Uh-huh. All right, let's start this morning once again in the forest of corporate earnings. So I have to say the companies in focus today are really soaring above the thicket. We have a brokerage house, a property developer, an automotive manufacturer and a company that builds and manages workers and student dorms. Well, what they have in common is all reporting stellar profit growth with three of the four posting triple-digit gains. Our companies in focus this morning are UOBK Hien, Far East Orchard, Hong Leong Asia and Centurion. I'm going to start with the brokerage house. UOBK Hien actually has the smallest jump in profits of our group this morning, its earnings jumped 92% during the second half of the year to $92 million. What's driving UOBK Hands business? Yeah, so you are looking at more folks doing trading perhaps, but also interest income. That is a huge part of the profit jump. And this interest income was up 28.7%. For UBK Hen, that was a huge boost to his overall bottom line. So you've got $96.3 million for his second half of 2023, which is up about $50.1 million from a year ago. Commission and trading income up 9.6%. And also, if you look at the reasons why we are seeing interest income go up, it was due to a higher interest rate environment. So elevated interest rate levels, helping out that side of the business. UOBK Hien is proposing a dividend of 9.2 cents per share. Its share price trading marginally lower since the start of the year. Next up, I have Far East Orchard, which owns Novena Medical Center, Orchard Rendezvous Hotel, condos, student accommodation over in the UK, and much, much more as well. It is Singapore's largest private property developer, and its profit soared more than four times in the second half of last year to nearly $58 million. What is behind this huge jump? Yeah, something for investors to celebrate because Far East Orchard is saying their profits are going to be above expectations and that's partly because of fair value gains on their investment properties. So it is still in the process of finalizing the valuations, but it is quite optimistic they will be better than expected. Far East Orchard shares are up 2% since the beginning of the year. Now, that might not sound huge, but it is better than the Straits Times Index, which is down 3% during the same period. Well, Far East Orchard's profit gains were driven in large part by gains in the company's student accommodation portfolio over in the UK. Let's stick with the theme, student accommodation. Let's take a look at Centurion, Mm -hmm. which owns, develops and manages student dorms in Australia, the US, UK, Malaysia, even here in Singapore. Its profits tripled during the second half of the year. What's the story here? Yeah, Centurion runs these dorms for students Mm. and also foreign workers. And that business is booming. So net profit up. Uh, for the six months and the December by 198% to about $115 million. So you've got a substantial increase in net profits because of net 
fair value gains on investment properties and also strong demand for those dorms. Centurion will pay a final di- dividend, final year dividend of one and a half cents per share, which is three times higher than a year earlier. Its share price is up nearly 15% over the past month. And that brings us to our fourth stock in focus, Hongleong Asia. It is the trade and industry arm of the Hongleong Group. It builds diesel engines, building material and industrial packaging, and its profits nearly tripled during the second half of 2023 to $34 million. What is driving Hong Leong's business, Ryan? Yeah, Hong Leong in the business of stuff like powertrain solutions, also building materials, and those things saw huge demand and gross profits. So those things also went up. So Hong Leong doing well. Uh, that part of business is under a unit called Yutai, and you've got a second half of the year growth coming in quite nicely for Hong Leong Asia. So net profit, $34.1 million for the second half, up 185%. Revenue is up 12.4%. Hong Leong Asia's share price has been inching lower of late. In fact, it's down nearly 12% over the past year. If we take a step back, Ryan, are there any lessons we can draw from the performance of these four companies? Yeah, I'm looking at a couple of the commentaries coming through from the likes of the CEOs. And for Centurion, they are painting a pretty encouraging picture of the backdrop of what's to come. And they talk about how they are seeing continue positive demand and supply dynamics in, for example, the accommodation landscape, which is an encouraging picture of the economy picking up. Tourism, you've got business activities, construction starting to pick up, which will be good news for the student and uh, worker accommodation space. And I think that lends itself to other segments as well. Mm -hmm. For Hong Leong Asia, the industrial solutions, and also when you look at the property space, Far East Orchard, will also stand to benefit from that part of the business. All right, for UOBK Han, uh, that's a bit, a bit different where you've got a trading business, but I suppose with better sentiment around the economy, people feel better about their disposable incomes and might be more inclined to trade. So the trading side of the business, the commissions and the trading activities Mm -hmm. could see a bit of boost if things play out well. One thing that strikes me is that with the exception of Centurion, these stocks are not performing well. Their businesses are growing by leaps and bounds, but the share price doesn't seem to be keeping up. So why is that? And do we think their shares may get a boost from these latest profit numbers? I suppose the latest earnings do add a more uh, compelling reason for investors to look at these stocks. But I suppose the other part of the equation is what is tra- attracting the attention of investors these days. It's all things AI. It's all the shiny stuff. And a lot of US stocks have been pulling in the investors. Even the Bitcoin ETFs are now the top of the town where you've got Bitcoin prices breaking above $60,000. So if you look at the capital flows, they are going to stuff like Bitcoin, the banks, and all things AI. So maybe in time to come, these stocks will catch up. One more earnings announcement to discuss. It's not shiny AI. This story just broke a little while ago. It's from one of Singapore's biggest companies, ST Engineering. Its second half profits are up nearly 20% to more than 300 million dollars. What's driving its performance? Yeah, it's up 19.9% for its second half ended December to $305.9 million. And the bottom line increase attributed to strong business growth, 
higher productivity and cost savings. Revenue up nearly 10% to 5.2 billion dollars. A huge part of it coming through from the commercial aerospace segment. ST Engineering repairs airplanes, it manufactures military equipment, develops smart city technologies. It has a market cap of more than $12 billion and it shares up 13% over the past year. In other earnings news, the air cargo handling and catering company SATS is really starting to soar again. SATS has had several challenging years because of COVID-19 as well as that big merger. Uh, some thought was an overreach, but this morning SATS is reporting a 40 plus percent jump in quarterly earnings. Its business is almost fully recovered to pre-COVID levels as well. Next up, I'm going to switch gears. Let's fly to Hong Kong, where one of China's largest property developers is being taken to court, could face liquidation. Does this sound familiar? Well, it is. Last month, a Hong Kong judge ordered China Evergrande to wind up its business. Remember that? Now the company is in the hot seat and its country garden. It essentially ran out of money last October, and now one of its creditors is suing. What's the latest? Yeah, a bit of deja vu. So pretty much going down the same script where it is facing a petition from a creditor, the guys who are owed money, they want to wind up the company to liquidate it to get some money back, whatever it is they can liquidate. Well, that is what they are facing. So what we can expect, I suppose, is a bit of a drawn-out affair where things will start to drag itself out in the public space because that's what happened in the previous time when we saw um, the likes of China Evergrande. They were ordered by a Hong Kong court to liquidate. There were some concerns whether Chinese courts would pretty much take the lead from Hong Kong courts. Uh, For now, there have not been any signs of progress yet. So I think it's going to take some time for investors to see any light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Shares of Country Garden tumbled more than 12% yesterday in Hong Kong trade. It is down 75% over the past year. I know it's early days, but I have to ask, do you have a sense yet, spidey sense on how Hmm. this could end? All right. I am thinking it is going to be, I suppose, the Chinese government will come in one day to save it all. But it is still early days. If they wanted to, they would have already done it. Mm-hmm. I suppose they are hoping somehow things will organically save itself you know, with all the piecemeal measures just to show up the confidence of the consumer. And then maybe things can take a turn for the better once the various parts are in line. I think they are hoping to calibrate things slowly, maybe to weed out some of the less so-called unhealthy parts of the ecosystem just to, I guess, have a stronger fundamental underlying the industry at the end of the day. Country Garden says it will fight the liquidation suit vigorously. The first hearing is set for May 17th. Country Garden also says it has seen a spike in projects recently that have been approved for financing by local authorities. Country Garden hardly alone in its predicament. More than 50 Chinese developers have defaulted on their debt since COVID-19 brought China's housing boom to a halt. All right, it's time for Up or Down. Let us now take off with Air Asia. All right, it's going to be an up for me for Air Asia because 
we've got the parent company, Capital A, finalizing a deal to list their brand management unit. So you've got, I suppose, some good news with a bit of a listing that will bring in more cash. Uh, this is going to be a SPAC listing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good news for Capital K, excuse me, Capital A International uh, to bring in more cash. Indeed, AirAsia CEO Tony Fernandez says he is listing the unit in the U.S. because American investors appreciate franchising and licensing opportunities better than their counterparts here in Singapore, in Asia. Ouch. Uh, we'll see if that turns out to be the case. For now, though, I'd say a NASDAQ listing isn't up for AirAsia. Yeah, I forgot to mention it's $1.15 billion. Mm-hmm. That is a deal. All right. Let's look at taxes in Hong Kong. All right. Taking a look at taxes, they are, well, going up, of course. Uh, This is going to be a tax on the high earners, the first increase in two decades, Mm. and a move designed to help bring in more money because the Hong Kong government is in a tight spot. So much so in yesterday's budget, the Finance Secretary Paul Chan apologized for the budget not having goodies or sweeteners because they just couldn't afford it. So I suppose they have to find cash somewhere and the rich will have to pay. Hong Kong says the tax increase needed to help plug a hole in the budget. The tax increase really only affects 12,000 people. So this is the first time in two decades, by the way, Hong Kong is raising income taxes only on the wealthy. Uh, Most people in Hong Kong pay about a 15% tax on their earnings, but these high-income earners from April will pay an extra percentage point. Mm. Um, Doesn't sound like much, an extra percentage point. And 12,000, that's like 1% of the tax base. They can afford it. I think so. It's fine. It gets the Ryan and Michelle stamp of approval. Just kidding. By the way, Hong Kong is also removing cooling measures that were introduced a decade ago to rein in rising property prices as markets are in shambles there. It cancelled buying restrictions and waiving stamp duties. Uh, it is in a bid to boost Hong Kong's economy. What do you think of that? Yeah, that is quite radical. Cancelling all these cooling measures to revive the property market, which you can imagine can have a lot of multiplied effects because of all the adjacent industries, construction, services, and getting people back in the market to buy property I think this is going to be worth watching for the property stocks that are going to be um, facing um, a potential boost. And we are talking about some of the Hong Kong land stocks and some of the stocks back home as well. Keep an eye out on that. South Korean babies next. All right, South Korean babies. <laughs> I suppose it's an up. And this is a common problem, uh, an increasingly common problem among developed countries where the Fertility rate is dropping, the population gets older, the aging population becomes a bit of a more pressing issue. Mm -hmm. And for South Korea, they have the lowest fertility rate in the world. So much so, their population is expected to halve by the year 2100. So you are looking at the FTR or total fertility rate of 0.72 right now. And this is down from 0.78 in 2022 and could go down even further to 0.68. You need 2.1 in order for a country's population to replenish itself, so to speak. 
Just some context, here in Singapore, the fertility rate is 0.97. This past year, it dropped below one for the first mm. time. That rate is still significantly higher than in South Korea. And coming up at 10.05, I speak with a femtech, um, female tech platform, which has just raised $1 million in funding to help us all preserve our fertility. It's a one-stop fertility care platform. It's called Zora Health. Stay tuned for that. Our last entry this morning is a nuclear power company. They're called Constellation Energy. Is it up or down? Yeah, it's going to be up. And this is with the stock price climbing 7.4% in the past session and up 37.1% in the past month. And mm. nuclear mm. power, I suppose, is the next big thing when it comes to at least energy plays. So it is beating even the likes of NVIDIA. So you have to really take notice here because it's beating NVIDIA, which is a poster boy for AI. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is going to be a momentum play for investors to watch out for. It is an old school company. And yes, outperforming NVIDIA and every other stock in the S&P 500 because Constellation Energy is the best performing S&P 500 constituent. This month, its share price has jumped 40%. Over the past year, it's nearly quadrupled in value. That is definitely an up. I know you'll want the name of that nuclear power company again. Here it is, Constellation Constellation Energy and up for sure. Let's check out our local markets now. The Straits Times Index finished down more than half a percent yesterday at 31.38. Gunting Singapore and Citrium. They were the worst performing blue chips. Gunting fell 3.8%. It's now down nearly 13% over the past week. Citrium has added on to its recent losses, seeing another 3% drop. It is the worst performing STI constituent this year. It's lost a quarter of its value over the past two months. On the other end of the table, Yang Zijiang Shipbuilding added to its status as the best performing member of the STI, which rose it rose 4% yesterday. Earlier this week on Tuesday, we had a great discussion on Market View contrasting the fortunes of these two shipbuilders, Citrium and Yang Zijiang Shipbuilding. You can still listen to that podcast on Spotify, audio and all that. All right, our last word for the day goes to Samsung, which wants to put a ring on your finger. Not just any ring, it's a smart ring. I'm not sure why no major company has thought about this before. Forget smartwatches, look out for smart rings. Doesn't it feel just familiar and sort of like the next normal evolution of smart things and a smart ring. So Samsung debuted a prototype for a Galaxy Ring. This at the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona just this week. So this ring is so clever. It will measure your heart rate, your breathing, your Mm. movement all while you sleep. Will it be a hit? I like the idea. I think it's just a matter of time before the ring becomes a phone and becomes a camera and you can hold your credit cards on it. So you don't even have to bring your wallet out anymore and hopefully soon. Yeah, I think that's a great idea because you don't feel a ring the way some people do a phone, you know, strapping Mm. it on. Uh, Samsung's smart ring also looks pretty sharp in platinum, silver, gold, ceramic, black. Apple is reportedly mulling entering the smart ring market as well. Though, as someone at Morning Brew put it, this writer said, Apple will probably do so at Tiffany prices. (laughs) Sounds about right. Uh, An eye ring? I don't know. Why don't you call it an eye ring? (laughs) I think so. That's for sure. Devices come and go, but I think a a non-invasive device that measures health would be a a great thing. Yeah, I think it's going to be very exciting times ahead because of the form factor. It's almost invisible, so to speak. Yeah. How will it coach you? I don't need my ring to talk to me, though. A silent ring, please. 
All right. Thanks very much, Ryan. Thanks, Michelle. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.